0: You are Locked On Angels, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Angels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, your 2018 hey, hey, Angels. Hey, hey. Welcome to Angels. Locked On Angels. Keep it locked. We're locked on, sir. Yeah. Locked on Angels. What up, Angel fans? My name is Lucas Hardy, your host of Locked On Angels. Today, the resident social cynic is here to welcome you to your daily Angels update here on Locked On Angels, part of Locked On Podcast Network. Got a good day for you guys today. Even though we lost yesterday, we still got a good day. And I will say, to start this show, the Angels lost again, and I tried to tell you guys, I tried. I tried to warn you about this Clay Buchholz guy. That's the guy we want next season. I'm telling you. Yesterday against the Angels, seven innings, four hits, seven Ks from that future Angel. His ERA this season, 2.25. And it is probably the quietest 2.25 ERA in all of baseball, I will say. I absolutely can't wait to see him in Anaheim. I'm just going to keep talking about it as if he's coming. And I'm going to speak it into existence. That's what I'm going to do. Clay Buckholz, your 2019 um, day three starter. Day three starter. That's what I'm going to say. Um, As for the Angels, Williams-Harris gave up his first two runs as an Angel so we can officially, officially welcome him to the bullpen. Now we're, I think, allowed to pitch him in more high-leverage situations, which is nice. Ty Buttre has another good outing, but his outing is completely overshadowed by the most athletic baseball play I have ever seen from Albert Pujols. Um, When Albert Pujols does athletic, quote, quote, athletic things, I laugh out loud every single time. Like, the fact that he even got to that ball is hilarious in itself. Then, like, he didn't dive... It was like the ball rolled him over, and he rolled over with the ball. And then, like, as his big body is rolling, like, the arm appears out of nowhere, and, like, the throw is just right on the money. Um, and, the, and the thing I absolutely loved about the play is that after he rolled over and made the throw and everything like that, He was, like, sitting on the ground, like, shaking his legs and, like, rubbing his knees. Like, come on, guys. We got to get up. We still got a baseball game to play. (laughs) Like, it was so funny. Oh, man. If there's one thing we can get out of this team the rest of the season, I hope it's Albert Pujols pretending to be an athlete. Like, how great would that be? I need a gif of Albert rolling over that ball, like, over and over and over again. Uh, somebody get me that, because I could really use that. And I'll I'll, I'll thank you, definitely. Um, but what, more, on to more important things, like 2019 and our push to make the playoffs in 2019, not 18. Um, if you didn't see, next season's schedule came out. So I got some dates that I'm already really excited about. Um, as soon as the, the schedule came out, Patrick... Put in our group chat, he said, hey, we're going to Wrigley, guys. We're doing that. So I already can't wait for the Wrigley trip. Uh, Obviously, we have the Mexico series against the Astros. Thank the good Lord in heaven that it's only two games and not three or four. So that all of the good people in Mexico that are going to come out to that game don't have to see a complete three-game slaughtering. Um, Only two. That's nice. Um, another game, Albert Pujols makes his return to St. Louis, which I think all of Major League Baseball is really excited about. That's one that, regardless of if you're a fan of the Angels or the Cardinals, you're, you're all on board, um, to watch that return. I'm sure they'll make some kind of grand spectacular for that. Um, we open up in Oakland again. Shocker. That's becoming the yearly, the yearly thing. Uh, I think that's the third year in a row now that we've been doing that. And our home opener is against the Rangers. So hopefully they're just as bad as they are this year. And we can have something to be excited about in our home opener. But I was looking at the schedule a little bit more. And here is my biggest takeaway from that schedule. My biggest takeaway is that we need to start the year hot and stay hot all the way through August. That is because this is our September schedule. And you might not have scrolled all the way to September when you were looking at it, but this is what we end the season with. From August 30th to September 1st, we are at home with the Red Sox. Okay. Then we go to Oakland for three to Chicago right after that for three with the White Sox. We'll see how good they are. I think they'll be better. I don't think they'll be great, but I think they'll be better than they were this year. Then this is where things just get out of hand. We come home for three versus the Indians, then three against the Rays. Both, you'd imagine, will be contenders. Then you go to New York to play three against the Yankees. Great. Great. Two Houston for three versus the Astros. Double great. Then you come home for two versus the A's until you finish off the season with four versus the Astros at home. That's your triple great. So, I this schedule in September is just absolutely brutal. You're potentially playing, or you are playing seven of your last nine series Against teams that are currently in a playoff position right now. Those teams being the Red Sox, the A's, the Yankees, Houston, the A's, and Houston again. Like, what the heck? How nuts is that, right? We don't know what we're going to get out of the A's next year. They're like a roller coaster, right? Every year, you never know what you're going to get out of the A's. But the Yankees will be good. The Red Sox will be good. The Astros will be good. And the A's, I mean, it's still a division, like, game. They'll be good. Oh, the Indians. I forgot about the Indians. That's your seventh seventh series right there. The Indians. The Rays are going to turn it back around. I mean, what a tough, tough September. Not to mention, seven of your last nine games are against the Astros what who made this schedule oh my goodness like if we're in a playoff hunt wow this september is going to be wild an absolute wild ride for the angels if we're not in a race i we could win nine of our nine of our last nine games and maybe be in that playoff picture (laughs) um But it is literally going to be won and lost in the last two weeks of the season with Houston, you'd imagine. And on the bright side, like I just said, when you're seven games out of the division with nine games left against division opponents, I'm sure after we win that first game in Houston, we'll be able to get the hashtag going again. Hashtag it could happen. But, oh man, I just... I am excited because I think that that month of the season is going to be like, all right, here we go. Are we in? Are we out? What's the deal? But I'm also nervous that going into September next season, we are where we are, where we are at right now, which is, you know, 12, 13 games out of a playoff picture, and we're just going to have an abysmal September to watch. And I'm not, I don't know, I don't know, I'm skeptical. Luckily, everything leading up to that point will be good. I like that we play the NL Central this year, uh, or next year, because you get the Reds, not very good team. The Pirates, very so-so team. Uh, Who else is in that Central? The Brewers are good. Obviously, the, the Cubs are good. Uh, but there's a lot of teams in that division that you're kind of like, all right, we can handle. It's not like we got the NOS, like the NOS this year was dominant and obviously Arizona just beat the crap out of us. Uh, we still got to play the Rockies who are in a playoff hunt in their own right. The Dodgers, we handled the Dodgers pretty well. We get the Dodgers every year though, obviously. Um, I don't know. I think we'll, I think it'll be fun, fun, fun season next year. A lot, of, a lot of optimism. I'd say cautious optimism is what I'm going to call it. Well, that's just looking at the at the schedule. We'll see what we do over the off season to get better. So that's all I got for the opening segment. We are going to go to our gear grinder next. But guys, have you heard? That the Locked On Sports Network is locked on to college? Today, we officially launch the college channel for the Locked On Podcast Network. If you are a fan of Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee, Florida, Kentucky, Oklahoma, Baylor, Penn State, BYU, or hosted by the former Locked On Angels podcast host, Patrick Zajac, Locked On, Oregon. Go to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, follow free. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Go give Pat some love on Locked On, Oregon, his new venture over there. Yeah, exciting stuff. But coming up next, we are going to gear grind. You know what really grinds my gears? We are back. We are here for the gear grinder. And I don't think you guys necessarily know my stance on like advanced analytics, sabermetrics, everything like that. But we're going to get into that right now because I saw something that Goose Gossage, old legendary Hall of Fame pitcher, what he said about advanced analytics and kinda what the game has turned into and I wanna weigh in on his take because it's what I do so here here is his direct quote okay he said we could sit here and talk all day about the way the game has been changed and not in a good way I try to watch a baseball game and I find it very difficult to be able to watch today he continues they're gonna have nerds in the dugout and I've said it before if Brian Cashman, Yankees GM, had any balls, he'd have done that a long time ago. Or he'd like to now. Put a nerd in a uniform because anybody can manage today. There's 100 pitches, and then you go parading your 10 relievers in. So definitely interesting food for thought, for thought there from Goose. Obviously, he played in a completely different era than what we play in now. Uh, he played pre-steroid like steroid era, even. Which was an even dip, more different era, um, and so I half agree with what he's saying. The part that I agree with is that I think the game is becoming a little difficult to watch. It's turned into absolute daddy hacks and strikeouts left and right. I just don't. It's it's not good baseball. It's not it's not the baseball that i grew up on it's not the grew up the one i grew up watching it's not the grew up game i grew up playing and i coach a, a, a high school team right now it's not the the game i coach right my batting practices involve hitting balls gap to gap work on bunting hit and runs he's important place and everything in between right we are by all means a team that tries to just small ball you to death. And I think that's like valuable for a young player growing up. And that's not the big league game. I understand that a lot of the kids I coach can't hit balls out. I understand that. But why is launch angle even a thing that we should care about is like a question that I ask because if a ball goes over the fence, a ball goes over the fence. It doesn't matter what the launch angle of it was, and that's where I I get a little bit like upset with some of the advanced analytics because there's guys like Giancarlo Stanton, for example, who I don't think is like a very good baseball player. I think everybody likes Gene Carlos Stanton because he hits home runs and his home runs go far. That's great, but when it goes over the fence, it still counts as one run. Bottom line, so us knowing about the launch angle, and I the, what I don't like is that players are changing their swings to create like a better launch angle, and to do this, that, if you want uh, to watch a hitting tutorial video that will make you more stupid, go on YouTube and look up Josh, Yo- Josh Donaldson on MLB Network talking about hitting a ball off a tee, and what he likes to talk to kids about. That is a video that is, that's what's wrong with professional baseball players right now. Like, seriously, it is an abysmal video. But, I agree. The game is different, Goose. And the game is frustrating to watch. Because we got guys like Luis Valbuena out here. Just trying to hit home runs. Striking out a lot. There's guys on second base with nobody out, and we're not trying to move them over. We're not trying to hit the ball the opposite way or pull the ball if you're a left-handed hitter. It's frustrating, right? We're not manufacturing runs. Obviously, from the Angels' standpoint, more home runs doesn't translate to more wins. I mean, look no further than this season, where we are currently ranked fifth in home runs in all of Major League Baseball. But obviously, that hasn't done anything for us. We've scored a lot of runs, but we can't pitch. That's great. So, that's what I have to say about the first part. Now, here's where I disagree, and this is about the advanced analytics and the statistics and how the nerds are going to be in the dugout and everything like that. I think that those statistics are fun. And if used properly, they can build a great team. I mean, we saw the Moneyball stuff out of the A's, the Yankees do it, the Red Sox do it, The you know, every great team in baseball right now does it. If you have a juggernaut team, you're probably using advanced analytics. My favorite part about the Moneyball movie, by the way, side note, is that I know that the Angels won the World Series that year, so it just makes me feel so much better watching that movie. But, you know, all these great teams use it. Dodgers, Cubs, you name them, they're using it. And those are all the perennial World Series contenders over the last three to five years, you'd say. So obviously, these statistics work, right? So having these nerds necessarily, him being mad that there's going to be nerds in the dugout or whatever, like I don't understand how you can get mad about that because teams are winning games. And ultimately, that's the goal of every team. If the statistics weren't working, if the analytics weren't working, these teams wouldn't be good. That's my thing. So I think it's weird to complain about that when the best teams in baseball are all in on those. And if you put a nerd in the dugout, if you, if you put a nerd, quote-unquote, managing a team and you're winning games, nobody's going to care. Nobody's going to care at all. Everybody's just going to be happy. I mean, the Cardinals, the new guy that's the manager for the Cardinals right now has never played an inning, an out, anything of professional baseball, ever. He just understands the game, an amazing understanding of the game, and he's been a great leader for that team. So who cares? They're winning games. Nobody cares. Right? I think numbers are always valuable to be able to evaluate how good a player is for their team. I mean, imagine going into arbitration with just home runs, RBIs, and batting average. Because, oh my gosh, we'd be paying a lot of guys ridiculous money if that was the case. It, it would just be so skewed. So, I think what the next great wave of teams is going to have is a mixture of the money ball where... It's like, let's walk, get on base, work counts, you know, get pitches up. Mixed with this new approach of like, let's hit more home runs and let's not bunt and like, let's not do some of these things. And that new sabermetric baseball came, it's like birthed from Moneyball, obviously. Like working counts and seeing a lot of pitches and stuff. But I think we're going to see... A value on players like Joey Votto, right, who I think is very underrated, uh, even for how much everybody looks at how good of a baseball player is, I think he's still underrated. I mean, he's a top five first baseman in the league, don't get me wrong, but this year he has only struck out 81 times. I think that is an awesome statistic. To look at when, like, finding value in a player. Yohan Mancata leads the league with 177 strikeouts right now. Joey Votto has almost struck out 100 times less than Yohan Mancata. Justin Upton, not far behind Mankata, uh struck out 143 times. He leads the Angels. Is there value in those strikeouts? No. I don't think so. And that's why I think a guy like Joey Votto, a guy like Christian Yelich, guys who put the ball in play a lot and get on base a lot. That's the value that I think we're going to find coming in the next three, four, five years. Like that's going to be the new way. Like that, those, those players coming up through the system are going to be the ones that are very valuable. Like Joe Adele strikes out a lot. Bottom line, great player. When he puts bat on ball, great things happen, but he does not make contact all that often. That's just bottom line, looking at his numbers, where he's at in double A, and even in single A. When he was in In Inland Empire, he struck out a lot. So I think those guys are going to be the ones you build your lineup around. Trout has done a great job at working to more contact and not striking out as much, and he still does strike out a lot, don't get me wrong, but I think he's, he's trying to change his game also. So, the, the statistic I, look, I love to look at is batting average on batted balls in play. Because that's the nerdy stat that I like to look at. Because that stat means when a dude hits the ball in fair territory, is he getting a hit or is he not getting a hit? When you make contact, what's happening? Your 2018 leader in BATBIP is what it is. That's the acronym. Um, is Christian Yelich? So, there you go. Right there. There's also guys up there that are like Aaron Judge, who are good power guys. I think he's third in that statistic this year. So, in closing, Goose, stop being the old man that's yelling at clouds. The game is changing, I think, for better. Sometimes, and for better and for worse. And there's statistics that mean absolutely nothing, and you might not care about it. I mean... MLB Network has a stat cast for bat flips. If that frustrates you, then I'm sorry. <laughs> but we have the tools to do it, so why not do it? It's still baseball. It's still fun. Why not? That was As a kid, that was one of the most fun things growing up. was When you're learning math, learning how to calculate batting average, on-base percentage, all these things... Doing it with your friends. It's fun. Baseball is a game for nerds. So, let's have fun with it. That's what I got for you. For your gear grinder for Thursday. Coming up next, we are going to look forward to the weekend. Or not look forward to the weekend. Because the Astros are coming to town. They're coming. All right. Let's close you out. Off day today for the Angels, and that's it's interesting. They had two off days, a Monday and a Thursday off this week. Very interesting. But they'll be back on Friday against the Astros, ready for 80s weekend at the Big A. I think I'm going to try to make it out to Friday's game. So hit me up if you want to meet up, grab a beer, complain about the team in any way, shape, or form. Um, you could be your in-person Friday mailback. Because that's the next thing. We got our Friday mailbag tomorrow. Send me your questions. Tweet them at me. Email them at me. Whatever you want to do. Maybe if you yell, yell yell loud enough, I'll be able to hear them. But that's all I got for you today. Uh, we'll look more at the Astros series coming up tomorrow. But I'm Lucas Sardo. You can find me at Lucas Sardo13 on Twitter. Keep the tweets coming at me. Also, you can get in contact with me through our podcast Twitter page at Locked On Angels. For anything else, you can go to our website, LockedOnAngels.com, and if you don't want to reach out to us, sponsor opportunities, any questions about the show, comments about the show, shoot us an email, LockedOnAngels at gmail.com. Love hearing from you guys. So, off day to day. Enjoy it. Go Halos. Adios.